Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the internet's greatest and um, best and most mm-hmm. f- friend-filled mm-hmm. podcast. Ooh, it's wow. Freddie Good Home. Yep, my that- name is Michael Hengen. Mm-hmm. Joining me, sure. as always, is the reigning champion yes. of defeating television shows he's worked on. That's right, he has the kiss of death. It is death, I should say. It is Ben Jenkins. Hello, Hello ben. Michael. That's right. They brought me on board the feed two years ago, knowing full well that every show I touch will be taken off the air. And uh, I warned them. I told yep. them, you don't want this. Mm. Uh, and they said for tax purposes, they needed to be cancelled. So they brought me on and here we are. The feed is off the air, but um, well, still let, in our hearts um, and also online. Yes. Let's um, let's bring in our guests before we get into the, in, into the nitty gritty of exactly how you sabotaged yep. one of the great shows on Australian television. Yep. Um, but you would know him as an accomplished stand-up comedian. You would also know him, many of you um, would know him as uh, my original yeah. podcast co-host, the yeah. proto-Ben, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You would also know him for his viral videos on the internet. Please welcome Jack Drews. Hello, Jack. Hello, everyone. Thanks Hello, for having Jack. me again. Hello. You look, uh, and you look well, Jack. <laughs> um, yeah, we... Me and Ben are sworn enemies over the the like <laughs> jealousy of just being a podcast co-host. Like I the saddest like I, thing to have a blood feud over. I feel like <laughs> we could be Jack if for not the fact that I I you know we were we were just saying to each other before we started recording that we hadn't seen each other in years, like in person. But I do mm, get yeah. the vibe from hanging out with you previously that both you and I are too lazy to have a blood feud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty crucial. Yeah, but that would be like that's that's why we should have the blood feud. Is we're, <laughs> we'd be on it like neither of us could have a blood feud with someone who is really all in. It's yeah, true. <laughs> but if we've got like a you know every couple of years we do some kind of like a little bit of vengeance, it's the real low energy, right. sending you a nasty text message or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the kind of blood feud where you're not. You not you don't have to be aware of it all the time. Like no, you can just, just get on with your life, and then you're like, it's oh not, yeah, it's not the Count of Monte Cristo. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. We're just sort of yeah. It doesn't define me. Um, yeah, I just remember. Oh yeah, I dedicated my life to killing Ben, <laughs> ruining his life that. slowly. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get on that. If I could be bothered. Yeah, um, Jack, I don't know if you're across this, but as we were saying before, every television show Ben has ever worked on, yes, has been mm. cancelled. Um, oh, not every, but most of them. Certainly, do, the vast do, majority of them. I do want to say that this is true of all television, unless you're working on like The Price Is Right. You know what I mean? Like, eventually, a show over over enough period of time will mm. will reach the yeah. end of its. I would say that where where my my skill is is that the shows that I work on tend to get prematurely cancelled. Yeah, they yeah. get well. They also they get cancelled while you're still there. Like yeah, you yeah. don't you don't really jump ship in the way that, for example, I do. Like I've obviously Good Game got cancelled. Um, the yeah. feed now has been taken off television. A few other things I've worked on have been cancelled. But like s- I've always left beforehand. Whereas you were really there right to the end, aren't you, Ben? No, see, I actually gave my notice two weeks before we were cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so. So a real nice separation and there. I had, I had yeah. no insider info there. I just thought really? I just thought I've been here for a while. I think I've stunk up the joint enough that it's gonna get taken off air. Do you think it was like you put in your resignation and they were like, Well, if we can't have Ben, we're scrapping the whole goddamn thing. I like, What's I, the point? I like to think that. I mean against against all kind of subjective and objective evidence yeah. to the contrary. <laughs> I would like to believe that. But yeah, um, the feed the feed hasn't it's been taken off off the television. Mm. Um, but it's gonna have a life. It's still gonna make stuff and it's gonna be for digital. Which it's kind of I mean it kind of obviously it sucks, but also it kind of makes sense because um I don't know, but from my experience working at the feed, and I don't know if it's changed since I've left, but mostly we were told to make content for young people, right? It's like sketches for young people and documentaries yeah. for young people and coverage yeah. for young people. But the only people who watch television at all are people over the age of 55 who hate young people. Women over so basically 55 what I would do the, every yeah. week is make comedy or a doco or whatever, and I'd be like, hey, make it for young people. And online people would be like, this is funny, I enjoy this. And then I'd put it on TV and just get lots of emails <laughs> being like, this is terrible, why are you doing it? Why are you so annoyed? Yeah, I did get the sense, and I haven't, I haven't, run the numbers on this or been to any of the meetings where they crunch the audience feedback. Um, 
but I, I, I did get the sense that, that the, that the comedy portion of the broadcast element of the feed was probably at best tolerated. Mm. Um, and often reviled, reviled, yeah. truly. No, so, um, so that is like a sad, uh, end to like a really great bit of broadcast TV, but it's gonna, uh, I think it's going to be cool online. Like I think they're going to, mm. as you say, Hing, they're going to have to stop having like eyes on two different things, trying to make a sketch or a monologue or a doco series that appeals to both like, over 55 well-heeled baby boomers and young people is actually more difficult than than, <laughs> than one might imagine. These but are two very does different mean people. For you, Jack, uh, that Ben Jenkins is now available and free to, to I guess, commit 100% of his time. You got more time for feuding. Yeah, yeah to blood exactly. feuds with you, Jack, yeah. Um, yeah. to ruining your life. I said, I said when I left the feed and we had a nice little meeting with everybody, I said, I'm really looking forward to spending more time with my nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a, okay. Like a politician quitting politics yeah, and being yeah. like, yeah, um, yeah. I need There's to spend more time, time hunting my family, down my enemies and um, putting them in graves. <laughs> more time sort of like uh, constructing elaborate webs of deceit so that your Jack's life yeah. slowly becomes ruined in ways that he'll never realise that I'm the puppet master behind all of these bad things. Unless, of course, I mention it to him on a podcast that he's on. Yeah, yeah. I um, want to do like Jack, a prestige your life being uh, ruined. Or not even ruined. I, I think this is a, a good thing, actually. I don't even, I was just going for a segue there. It didn't yeah, really work. Yeah, no. But um, uh, you are about to tape a stand-up special in, in, in Melbourne at the uh, Comedy Republic, which is very exciting. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully it's not uh, foiled by anyone. Um, but, uh, God, you'd hate for it to be foiled. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I'm, the whole thing is, it's like a prestige style double bluff to lure someone in. Um, but, um, One of my favorite films to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I've, it's really good because I've been um, wanting to record like an hour of stand-up for well over a year at this point with just like various lockdowns and other bullshit getting in the way. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. It's going to be at Comedy Republic on uh, June uh, 29th. I feel mm-hmm. like I should have said more funny stuff on the podcast before I'm into plugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's good. Like You're sowing the seeds. A bit more goodwill before I, I come in. I reckon what's but, happened, um, Jack, is that they've the, the listener has taken their phone out. They've mm-hmm. Googled Jack Drews Comedy Republic, July, June 29th? June 29th. June 29th. Yeah. And they've, they've, their finger is hovered over the book button uh, and, they'll, and, they'll, and they'll wait yeah. to, to decide uh, based on the next 40 or so minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll- I'm down with that. Hey, speaking- I will say, yeah, that's sort of like a Caesar over a gladiator yeah. with yeah. Speaking of ruining people's lives, I just had this uh I just had this memory flash into my head, Hing, of when you and I worked at that bar at university. Um mm. with this guy uh called Kyle, who is was just this legend who uh was also like kind of kind of at the time up there with you in my in my in my kind of mind as like the loosest people I knew. Huh. Um, I don't necessarily mean in the sense of like partying or whatever, just like the most unpredictable. Oh, you know okay, what I mean? Sure. Like so agents you, of chaos. You, you mean you were, sort of like mentally unwell or unhinged. Well, I'm not of saying that okay. necessarily. I just mean you were both sort of like agents of chaos. And I remember one <laughs> night we were having kind of like a Joker character. <laughs> <at university>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. These were the two jokers that I knew. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I was a rejected stand-up comedian. Yes, Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember, I remember one night we were like having staff drinks at like one in the morning, and I overheard a conversation between the two of you, which really like sent a chill down my spine. And I thought I have to intervene here, and I didn't. Um, but what it was was you were saying to each other, if we just sort of like gave each other permission, how quickly do you think we could ruin each other's lives? Like if we just said <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't remember this at all, but this does sound like the yeah. kind of thing I would like to talk to someone about. And I was like, I remember sitting there thinking, w- w- if this goes beyond the realms of hypothetical, I really do need to stand in because I think these two men are capable of ruining each other's lives within 24 hours. It was like absolute MAD. And if I'm remembering correctly, you got him, he just got a brand new job. So he was going to leave the bar for this good job. And mm you guys agreed to be like, well, let's just see what happens. And I, the coward went, this sounds fun. Um, and you called up his new employer and said, Hey, look, I just heard that you were going to employ this guy. He used to work for me and he wouldn't stop stealing. <laughs> and he lost Christ. the job. Jesus Christ. 
And then, and then, like immediately, Carl was like, "Oh, this just happened to me." And you were like, "Okay, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, this was a bad. This is the, this game's, game's off. Bad. Game's off." Oh my god! And I think you, I think to your credit, or at least uh, something approaching credit, you pass. You do, it's a fifty-five on the humanity essay. Uh, you, uh, you did call them back and be like, "Oh, I was thinking of another guy." <laughs> It's pretty funny, though, to call your friend's new boss and say, I know Kyle's been stealing a lot. Oh, look, nobody's denying that it was good gear, Michael. <laughs> how, like, how good is this job? Is this like a job, like a, in an industry he wanted to be in, like a career? Uh, no, Maybe he was, was working as a museum curator or something. It was crucially, sort of- <laughs> it was crucially not working in a bar till 1am with Michael Hing, which I think yeah, like right. any... Anything is an escalation in terms of sort of happiness there. Um, but, yeah, guys, I had the most delightful morning. Do you know what I did? What did you get up to today, Benjamin? Well, my son's preschool has had a had a morning tea, a, uh, a world's biggest morning tea thing. Um, uh-huh. is, is it raising money for, well, here's for the thing, guys. charity, I think? I, I, that didn't go into my head. When when they said, "Hey, look, we're having a parents' morning tea," they did say it's the world's biggest morning tea, which is a charity event. But I, I guess it's in to my raise mi- money for cancer, yeah, um, yeah, the fight against cancer, I believe, Ben. But I guess in my mind, I was like, "Oh, well, that's just what they're calling it." They've got tickets on themselves a little bit. <laughs> so I you guess. thought maybe your, you thought maybe your son's preschool was going for a genuine world record attempt. <laughs> I just thought yeah. that it was going to flown over some judges, like some Guinness judges from Ireland. To be whatever. honest, I just thought they had their hand on it. To be honest, like just <laughs> I'm going to come anyway. You don't need to fucking you okay. Know. Okay. So anyway, me and Anya turned up uh, and it was really nice. And I got to meet some of the other parents and see Mo play with the other kids, which was lovely. Um, but I didn't, I, I thought this would be catered. And and so I didn't bring <laughs> anything. I, I brought, including money, because I, right. I have not touched currency Ugh. in like three years, really. It's all bitcoins and apes. No, I just like <laughs> yeah. I have I have my card on my phone, and I don't think I've yeah. used cash in, in in forever. Yeah. So I um, in order to get the snacks, we needed um to do a gold coin donation, mm. and I had to like go to the lady at the preschool and be like, I, I don't have any, I don't have any money, but my son <laughs> would like a muffin. And it was a real low point because she was like, well, it is a gold coin donation and it is for charity. I was like, no, I understand that. And when I pick him up this afternoon, when I pick him up this afternoon, I will bring you, I might even, I'll bring you folding money. I just, right now I need um, a muffin. The muffin. Said, Otherwise he will, he will lose his mind. And she was like, well, that should be okay. And I was like, all right. Um, so, <laughs> but then. So you're uh, in debt currently to a preschool? Well, no, because, a, a charitable because, preschool? Because friend of the podcast, Simon Griner, also has a child who goes to uh, this preschool with Moses and he spotted me. Um, so now I'm oh, in so debt. So now you're in debt to the Griners. Now I'm in debt to the Griners, which is terrifying. Right. Simon seems like a lovely guy, but he'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got those big teeth. Yeah. Um, shall we get into uh, the podcast? If you've never listened before, this is a podcast where we go through the week's classifieds and find just some weird shit going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, I will say, um, uh, about a year ago, or maybe a couple of years ago now, time is a, oh, boy, is it. We have widened our purview into just sort of any text on the internet. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to share uh, this that has been shared in our Discord. Again, if you'd like to join the Discord, good luck finding it because I'm not <laughs> going to tell you how to find it. Um, no, this was shared in the Discord by Iridium. Thank you, Iridium. And I've just put in the chat for you guys as well. This is someone asking for some advice. Mm-hmm. They've said, so this is not Iridium asking for some advice. This is a screenshot of someone else asking for some advice that Iridium has has discovered. Uh, So you can see in this post, there is an OnlyFans logo, which is a sort of a DIY, I guess, um, adult entertainment website that people can start accounts on. (laughs) Sure. And this person has- um, Sorry, you just sounded a hundred years old. Yeah, well, I know. I recognize- (laughs) I recognize that not all of our listeners are um, uh, are any poisoned, horny weirdos, Ben. <laughs> um, but this uh, this person has uh, is, is asking for advice. My girlfriend started an OnlyFans account two months ago, and after one month, she only had one follower. Open brackets, me. Close brackets. Uh, it's quite sad, isn't it? Quite sad. She was upset and I felt bad for her, so I decided to create multiple accounts and subscribe to her so she would be happier and more encouraged to continue with her journey. It's a supportive partner that we can all agree it's a positive thing That's to do. That's actually like a very 
Oh, well, I'm not going to say lovely. Like, let's not go nuts, but that's 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 a nice thing to do. It feels like this. This honestly feels like the start of a modern gift of the magi situation. Uh huh. Um, yeah, yeah. I sold my dick to or something or other to. Anyway, anyway. Um, recently, over the past uh-huh. few weeks, however, she's been messaging with one of my accounts, which uses a very handsome male profile picture. And she has been hinting at meeting up with this guy. Uh, I don't know what to do right now. Uh Do I tell the truth about what I'm doing or continue pretending to be this guy to avoid upsetting her? She's mentioned being willing to fly out to meet this dude. I think her heart would be broken if I told her. Okay, so I have to assume here that they're in some sort of open relationship because he doesn't have the third option, which is confront her about wanting to cheat on me. Yeah, I would (laughs) have... I'm guessing but, that if your partner is or he in, is the world's most cucked man. <laughs> um yeah, I'm guessing that if your partner is on OnlyFans and has an account, maybe it's more like maybe maybe you have an open thing. I mean, that's a possibility, I guess. It's a possibility, I, I but it's not yeah. necessarily like No, it's it, certainly not a no, it doesn't follow. You know no, what I mean? No, that's not one to one, obviously. Um I feel like this is such a like dystopian futuristic Mrs. Doubtfire kind of scenario. <laughs> like just having all these like message is he messaging back on the all I was thinking was like how I don't know how you would feel setting up all the accounts. Like because yeah. you obviously have to pick profiles for them and what I don't know like what info you have to put in for their descriptions and stuff, but like trying to craft the perfect like character that she would believe would be into this specific account. Like <laughs> I feel like that it would be like a really I feel like high level creative writing exercise. <laughs> like really Well also though, it presumably because he's married to this girl. Oh sorry, he's not married. Sorry, this is because this is his girlfriend, he kind of knows the character of the person who's into her. Because he him. lives that life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's him, you know? So it could just be you know, sort of five or six different variations on 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 him or whatever. Okay, so um, assuming that they are in an open relationship and and she's not doing anything that he wouldn't that would hurt him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the first priority here is to extricate himself without without damage to this this poor woman's ego. Yeah, so you got to kill off the guy. You got to kill off the guy. You got to kill off the guy. Kill off the guy. Yeah, you got um, I, I can't wait. Just some send her a message like, I can't wait to um, uh, pleasure myself to your photos later on this evening. As, but as I'm going hiking yeah. on a mountain or I'm going yeah. skydiving, et cetera. Then, 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 the, then the account stops stops um, deducting, debiting money after that, you know? I got a real like, you know, like swinging for the fences kind of uh, Joker style chaotic <laughs> plan here that okay. could really work um here's what you do here's the play you uh <laughs> you get from the account that's the the girl's hitting on the fake account yeah from that account you do like a big uh like a tinder swindler style like con on her like you you take her for a bunch of money <laughs> using some kind of internet scam from that guy uh, go on and, and then she's like oh this this Internet is, guy. This is step one of how many. Money. Money. And, then, <laughs> and then you, the real boyfriends, you're like, yeah, that's, that's these OnlyFans creeps for you. You've got to appreciate how lucky you are being with me, a guy who would never, you know, never pull any of this shit on you. <laughs> so now she, you she appreciates you, say, you for not being a scam. Yeah. And you've also got a cash as well. You can, be, you can even be like, hey, I'll lend you some money because you got scammed by that other guy. <laughs> You're okay, that's that's evil. That's definitely evil, Jack. That's what well, I yeah, would, yeah. It's probably the evilest approach that we've come up with so far. What mm. if though? What mm-hmm. if? What can I can I add another angle to this? What yeah. if you go? Who the fuck is this guy who scammed you for all that money? Where is he? I'm, I'm going to find him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you fly to where? Like, just say you tell you tell her you live in Colorado. She says he lives in Colorado. You fly to Colorado. You come back with blood on your hands yep. and ten thousand dollars, <gasps> and you go, "I've, I've returned <laughs> yeah. with or, this money for you." Or you you pull off the perfect switch where I don't know what the photo looks like that you've used, mm-hmm. but if you could slowly or maybe very quickly, actually, you'd have to take months off and say you were going to join the Peace Corps or something. I don't know. There's details. <laughs> yeah. Of course. You've got to get away from her for a month while still messaging as that guy while mm-hmm. you undergo extensive- Extensive plastic surgery. Yeah. To okay, look like that talking. guy. And then you meet up. She thinks she's running away 
with this guy and you're like, you have all that kind of romance of an affair, but it's oh. the same. It's you. Mm. It's kind yeah, of I like guess- a retelling of the Pina Colada song in a way. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think this has been revisited a lot, but this, like us kind of living out this dystopian nightmare now in 2022 as a hypothetical does make me reassess, obviously, Robin Williams' film, Mrs. Doubtfire, that we already brought up as Mm. being completely psycho. I think that's- I think I've um, spoken about this before, but like the 80s, and so probably early 90s actually, sorry, Mm. had this really interesting trope of like handsome stepdads who did nothing wrong, but are the villain. And I'm thinking specifically of Pierce Brosnan and Carrie Ells in Liar, Liar and Mrs. Doubtfire. If you watch these films with that in mind, it's quite (laughs) striking. Both very good men, both really dedicated to making this difficult situation Mm. work, both of which are kind of- Cast as the villain. Cast as the villain against this fucking goofball. (laughs) One of whom has some sort of curse on him. (laughs) (laughs) A cursed goofball? A cursed goofball. Uh, hey guys. It's also like showing women as kind of the bad guys for not being in love with like completely unhinged maniacs who are just <laughs> doing like nonstop dangerous stunts yeah. and being like, you should leave this stupid woman falling in love with a, a nice man with a job who cares about my kids and yeah, who looks like not he could play James to- Bond. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of curses, guys, uh, mm-hmm. I've got some text on the internet I want to share with you. This is literally, well, not literally, but it is mm-hmm. figuratively hot off the presses. This was posted on abc.net.au forward slash news. Who's ever heard of it? <gasps> From the national broadcaster. From the national broadcaster itself. So this isn't some joker on the internet, you know, writing something up for goofs. This is uh, this was posted two hours ago, and it's the uh, the headline is occult club registration rejected after complaint it may summon Satan to University of Adelaide. So Hing you and I uh, worked a lot in clubs and societies when we were at university. At the student union at at the the University of Sydney. Jack, have you had any experience with with student clubs or unions or anything? Uh, No, sir. I've never been to university. Well, Mm. that is very good for you because uh, let me tell you, they are not fun places. (laughs) Um, Well, they are. Like, there's some some things are fun about them, but there's a lot of fighting. And yes, ultimately, it is a very petty world. Yeah, uh, run by people who only care about that. And I say that as someone who was one of those people. (laughs) Absolutely, Hing. You and I were were two of. the, the sort of platonic the ideal of those people. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm just going to read the first two paragraphs because it, uh, it, it gets the point across. Uh-huh. A club for pagans, witches, and Satanists say its affiliation with the Adelaide University Union, the AUU, has been rejected because of a complaint its members may summon the devil onto campus. <laughs> okay. Now, who did the – does it say who who the – did the complaint? I, was I, it? I might be able to find that in the texts later, but okay. it's 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 somewhat academic, if you'll pardon the pun, because <laughs> these people say they don't want to summon Satan, but oh. <laughs> in their statement to the abc.net.au, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they start with a statement that I have to say, like in terms of like PR, is not necessarily the first seven words you want in a statement. Uh, okay. Eight words. I'm. Uh, I apologize. Even if we did want to summon Satan, <laughs> <comma. laughs> but this See, is here's the thing: when you're having to defend summoning Satan, even hypothetically, you're off message, yeah, and if exactly, you're off message, yeah, you're exactly. losing. But Jack, this is the sort of like. Uh, in the weeds kind of policy stuff that Hing and I were talking about when it comes to university politics. This is the statement they put out. Even if we did want to summon Satan, it is not against any university or union policy to do so. (laughs) Show me in the rule book where it says I can't summon Satan. So it's not really grounds to reject us. The Adelaide (laughs) university occult club president said, uh, so they're That's planning amazing. to they're planning to appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like to answer your question, Hing. It looks like it was one of the conservative factions of right. the AUU. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, 
So Adelaide University is like their Christian society or something or their whatever, or they're, they're anti-Satan league. Well, I just know that the the the, the board of the AW, the AW. Uh, That's the Adelaide University? Adelaide University Union uh-huh. currently is dominated by um, conservative um, right. factions. Right, okay, okay. So traditionally anti-Satan, I assume, mm-hmm. I suppose. Now, do you, I mean, do, do Jack... Uh, obviously, um, you probably have never summoned Satan before. No, but you know, you 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 are part of, I guess, maybe not a university club or something. But you're you live you live in an apartment block. What if your mm-hmm. strata um, was was sort of like, hey, at the next strata meeting, they were like, hey, where were some people moving in, and they are pagans and occultists? Would you be worried that they might summon Satan, even though there are no rules against it in the strata bylaws? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of like one of those. Um, it's a bit like how there's no rule against a dog playing basketball, where <laughs> it feels like it should be self evident, but they in the spirit still got, of yeah. the in the spirit yeah. of the rules, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I guess my initial thought is that it's just funny to me that they, the people complaining about this, think that summoning Satan is. Uh, <laughs> A thing that one can do, yeah. and Satan is real, and you can just get him if you want to, and people just haven't done that. Like the yeah, reason like we're not seeing Satan on Earth is because history. people just haven't thought to do it yet, and these guys are finally getting around to it. Like- I also like the idea that 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 that, <laughs> that they think that the only thing stopping the summoning of Satan <laughs> to the Adelaide University. Over the past 150 years, or how long Adelaide University's been yeah. around, the only thing stopping that happening is that he hasn't had a club. Yeah, like or that's they, can, the only thing. they can book a they can book a meeting room and get some beer yeah. jug vouchers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing standing between us and and the Book of Revelations, essentially. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jack, I feel like I- that would be good for the unit if you had a real Satan at your university oh, yeah. and you're like a student deciding where you want to go and you're like, all right, a lot of good options. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got accepted into Wollongong and I've got an option in Sydney. But Adelaide does have the real devil. So that's, kind of, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's really like, it, it's good because it seems to me like, and I believe the person from the uh, Australia, Adelaide University Occultist Club, mm. uh, when they say that they, they have no intention of summoning, summoning Satan, nor have they ever mentioned summoning Satan. Mm. What I really love about that is that this obviously came up in the clubs and societies sort of registration list that was forwarded mm. on to somebody and they saw that and went, holy shit, these people are going to summon Satan. <laughs> <laughs> because I, like, I, yeah. No, you go. You go. I wonder if, um, like, what would happen if you summon Satan to a university? I mean, I feel like as a body of as as a as a place of learning in academia, mm-hmm. there'd be boffins who'd want to study him, surely. Yeah. You know? Well, you go one or two ways, right? Like it, it depends. It depends whereabouts on the campus you summoned him. Like if you summon sure. him in the humanities department, it's to- mm. you're toast. He's not going <laughs> to leave. He's going to get some some fisherman pants and a, and a crumpler backpack and a gym he's gonna, or something. He's, he's going to take seven <laughs> years to finish an arts degree. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that would be great if, yeah, Satan, a real Satan was on earth and every like religious authority was like, what's, what, what does Satan wish to accomplish by being on earth with us? And it's just like a, just a degree at Adelaide university yeah. is all Satan does. Yeah, he just, he wants, just wants to get some film studies under his yeah. belt. God, he's he's bad he's, I think he's, he, he's, as, he's, he's almost as old as God. So he'd kind of like the, probably the worst mature age student. Yeah. <laughs> like did anybody Satan here up. do the readings other than Satan? <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, have not had any run-ins with Satan. Oh, bully for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, years ago I did, you know, like, you know, TED Talks, uh, they yeah. have like an off-brand version of those, like a DIY version of those called TEDx. Yeah. And I got asked to do like a um, a funny one of those, like a comedic one of those to sort of break up all the monotony of telling people how to, I don't know, raise their hands to feel better about themselves mm-hmm. or um, end world hunger with a tomato on a stapler or something, whatever it is, you know. Sure, sure. To break up all the all the interesting ones, they were like, well, we'll out hang and he can do a funny one. And I'd actually written a piece for, I think it was Story Club I'd written it for, Ben, maybe, uh-huh. or something else, which was um, 
it was this like sort of comedy bit about like um, uh, it, I, I was sort of pretending I was like a motivational speaker, but the 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 bit was that like I was a motivational speaker who was telling you to believe in yourself and 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 have affirmations every day and also give your um the, and the third tip was like give your life over to the dark lord etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know it was like a, you, that, a, that that is definitely not something you did for Story Club because that is not what Story Club does but I didn't really <laughs> read the briefs but, uh, I remember I think I, I oh, remember yeah, that, I time, that time you ruined the evening yes no yeah, you yeah. did do it. yeah, yeah. I did it at Herman's or something anyway yeah. anyway so uh, I. I, so I'd had that thing I'd already written years beforehand and then I had to do this thing for, for TEDx and I was like, oh, this will work. I'll just repurpose that. So I did it and they um, put it up online with just, and I thought it was like clearly like a comedic bit because people were laughing in the audience when I did it. Sure. Um, but they entitled it um, Tips to Becoming a Satanic Overlord, which takes a, which which gives away the bit, right? Definitely gives away the bit, yeah. For the joke to work, you need to think you're watching yeah. a motivational speaker and then it's slowly revealed that he's oh, actually man. a, a demonic satanist. so angry. And, and instead what it was was people watching this video thinking that I was just a kind of a funny guy who was talking about his genuine love of Satan yeah. or something. Yeah. And obviously yeah, yeah. in some parts of the world, i.e. America, um, any irony is immediately lost when you mention Satan, and so they're not a, a fan of, of the yeah. of the Prince of Darkness over that. Exactly way. when I th- when it first went up, I started getting all these emails and comments from people who were genuinely annoyed that um, the Sydney Opera House and TEDx <laughs> were platforming a a, a a sort of a Satan loving um, uh, motivational speaker. If anything um, that should have been at the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. I mean, that is <laughs> yeah, exactly. let's let's summon Satan and see what happens. Is a great. I'd love to see that talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, I, 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 I love I feel all like- these people who just like are <laughs> genuinely af- afraid of like a, a devil that can be summoned at any point. And I honestly, just like Jack, I weird university societies and speeches and stuff. I'm like, stop! You, you're gonna you're gonna bring him here. Get rid of this, I, I, I genuinely don't understand how you can get into that. And this isn't about like all religions because like, I, I just mean specifically people with the worldview that a university club could summon Satan. I don't understand how you could just do day-to-day shit with that hanger. Like how you could possibly yes, care exactly. about anything, put your energy into anything other than stopping that from happening. Yeah. Although it does seem like, because they've just been like, Oh no, we shouldn't. We like, they, they, it doesn't seem like these people who are concerned about have taken any fur- it any further other than, I don't want them to have access to our club and society facilities. I don't want them to be able to sort of start a bar tab or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> suggests to me that they actually think on it's more like on political grounds you shouldn't summon Satan. Like he's not mm. gonna he's not gonna, you know, do anything particularly bad, but it's like having, you know, maybe from the other side of politics, it's like having a speaker come to university with whom you don't agree. You know what I mean? Well, it's just like kind of do you want to be platforming then? Satan? Isn't that yeah, kind of interesting yeah. then that the conservatives who generally speaking are all about free speech on campus exactly. and, all, and want, exactly. you know, um, Jermaine Greer or whoever, or, you know, violent sure. turfs or whatever mm. to come and talk at universities with their unpopular ideas. How, how interesting then that they want to how ban Satan himself, the Prince of Darkness, mm-hmm. from being able to come and talk. Because that's the thing. Yeah. In, at universities, you know, the real diversity that we lack is a diversity of, of ideas. ideas. I'll say exactly. it. There are, there are so few people at university now who are Satan and are willing to espouse exactly. these ideas. <laughs> well, there's at least one and he's at Adelaide University. You know, <laughs> but you're right, Michael, maybe if we so could. Uh, pro-pestilence lecturers at yeah, university <laughs> nowadays. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. <laughs> Hey Jack, do you have one that you want to read to the to the class? Did, did Michael did Michael give you one, or or has he, been, has he been has he been remiss? No, no, I got one. I haven't um, I haven't looked at this beforehand. But what do we got here? Um, all right, so this is a, a Reddit post mm-hmm. on um, uh, Reddit r slash uh, anime suggest. Uh-huh. Uh, so wonderful, got- wonderful corner of the world, by the way, by a man. Exactly. Um, so we got headline uh, anime. With good boobs? Question mark. Um, 
can be big boob uh-huh. or regular boob. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. pretty open-minded off the get-go. See, now that's uh, a diversity of ideas yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> big boob or regular boob. Um, looking for anime that isn't just about boobs, but... <laughs> But uh-huh. has uh, a lot of good booby beach shower and hot spring hot spring boob episodes. Uh, and then I don't I haven't seen them, but there's a uh, 127 uh, responses to that. So what I'm what I'm gathering here, and this, mm. uh, you know, believe me or don't, I don't care. All right, but uh. this isn't feigned ignorance. There, no. there is a whole genre of anime that this man is this man is 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 saying he doesn't want. Like he doesn't want it to be straight up pornography, right? Uh, is that what he's saying? I don't know. Because uh, I just looking for anime that isn't just about boobs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. he wants a bit of story. He wants a bit of yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Drama and stakes and character. Yeah. I would like it if the boobs um, were uh, associated with some sort of sixty-foot transforming robot, or mm-hmm. I would like it if the boobs were um, a series of collectible uh, monsters that you could put in your pocket, for example. Now, you know. do you think? Yeah. Do you think that from? Because there's there's two paths that this man arrived in his life to asking this question, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is that he has burned through all of the anime pornography, which uh-huh. I, I, I seems I unlikely to a, me. That seems like a superhuman feat. Or yeah. he's burnt himself out being like, oh, God, I don't want to. Or mm-hmm. he is like working himself up to watching that and wants oh. this as sort of like a, 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 an intermediate. A gateway drug of sorts. Or the opposite of a gateway drug, he's trying to wean himself off anime pornography. Wean himself is, off anime pornography. This is yeah. the methadone. Because he, <laughs> yeah. this is the anime exactly. pornography methadone. Okay, okay. By the way, if that's not what he's doing, that's a good business idea that someone <laughs> should have. Like, just that deals with porn addiction by just pawns that just like gradually become more story based, like step by step. Yeah, and you until watch- you're watching the BBC Vanity Fair. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> like over the course of a couple years, you're just like you're watching what you think is porn, but is clearly Antics Roadshow or something, and you're like, oh no, this is just people bidding on just regular stuff. This is good. Um. um just on the topic of pornography. What is, what is the, sorry, just quickly. What is the least <laughs> pornographic show on television? Ooh, least pornographic show on that's television. A good question. I think Antiques Roadshow comes pretty close. Yeah, Antiques like, Roadshow. Well, occasionally they have pictures of like sexy, like, you know, it'll be, it'll be like some sort of sexy poster from the 40s or yeah, whatever they'll show. Do you know that, that yeah. uh, Mel Brooks saying about like comedy where it's like dissecting a frog, you don't learn mm. anything and the frog dies. So yeah, if you like yeah. talk about a joke for too long, it no longer starts, it's no longer funny. You think it's I'm, the same with pornography. I, and that's all Antiques Roadshow is. Like they mm. could get like a va-va-voom sexy, sexy car girl calendar mm. that really that really pushes mm. those buttons. But then the second that some inbred weirdo <laughs> starts telling you about like how it's authentic because the staples yeah. are the right size or yeah. whatever. It's it's boners away. It's boners away. <laughs> <laughs> Even if its its price went up based on uh, how horny it made you, like that would be. Like, <laughs> that's a great way to watch Antiques Roadshow. Actually, it's not but the, not for the viewer, but the price goes up depending on how horny it made the assessor. So yeah, yeah. it'd be great if there was just stitching. one assessor that was like that, and they were like, yeah. Clive, you can't keep just judging things by." And he'd be like, "Well, this is a teacup held by Henry the yeah. Eighth, but look, I'm as I'm as flaccid as a windsock." So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is a zoo magazine from 2007. I'll give give you anything for this. A million dollars. Uh, I think speaking of unhaughty programs, I think uh, it's similar to Antiques Roadshow, but the, the the Grand Designs program on the ABC or slash BBC, I think, is is, is very unhaughty. That that came to mind, but there is like a there is a longing. A potentially sometimes erotic longing that un, that that is the that is in some episodes the undercurrent of a lot of it. Have you watched much Grand Designs, Jack? Do you know the show? Uh, only a couple episodes here and there, but yeah, mm. I, I know what it is. I've only just started watching it, um, and if you've never seen it before, it is 
uh, a sort of a snooty architect called Kevin yeah. um, go- goes around to people's houses while they're under construction. And these are people who are spending sort of millions of pounds in the British countryside or wherever building some sort of mansion. I've only watched a couple of episodes. And they're but always it- like the, the, there are, there are several key ingredients that make this show work. And mm. like, one of them is with a couple of exceptions, I think they are always incredibly wealthy people. Yes. Uh, yes. So doing stupid stupid vanity projects yeah, and if they fail like, you don't feel bad about it it'll it'll be like well martin here is a crypto billionaire or something so immediately yeah. you have no sympathy for them that's yeah. key mm. and then they'll say um martin has purchased this uh, aging castle from a racist old woman or something and yeah. you're like okay well i don't care about her either yeah and then they'll be like he he wants to spend twenty five thousand pounds converting this old castle into a racetrack or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, at the risk of dissecting the frog here, like what they what they really do so well on grand designs is 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 this man that Ke- that, that Hing is referring to, Kevin McLeod, mm. because he's not like Gordon Ramsay. Like mm. he doesn't go in and and just yell at people. No. Uh, nor though is he like one of those reality hosts that just wants everybody to have a great time and like kind of make people cry with happiness and stuff. Mm. He is mm. like just the right amount of cunt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I think like honestly the English in their television have calibrated perfectly. Mm. I think like since they first got television, they have been working toward someone who's a level of cunt that that Kevin McLeod is and it's finally yep. there 100%. because you know that there's a very good chance that when like at the end, when that crypto billionaire's dreams are crushed, his wife's left him, uh, the castle doesn't work. It's flooded mm. with poo for some reason <laughs> um, that Kevin McLeod will say something j- just slightly, but not outrageously cunty. Like, mm. do you think this was sort of worth it in the end? <laughs> something like that. That just goes for this man's jugular in jugular in, in its own sort of English way, and that's why that's why we watch Michael, isn't it? Mm. Well, there was one recently that I saw where he was sort of um, mad at the couple, the, the, this outrageously wealthy couple building a house called like Shard City or something, where they, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they, okay, they bought like, or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they bought like you know, a, they bought like eighteen paddocks or something on a beautiful country hillside, and then decided to like, like, like. Um, put these sort of obsidian shards into the ground as like construction beams. So it was like clearly hubristic, just incredibly yeah. like yeah, like yeah. as though as though it was a a, a a lightning bolt from the gods sent down to be their mansion to live in. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, incredibly a, hubristic. There's a moderately uh, amusing sketch you could do, Jack mm-hmm. or Michael. Not me anymore. <laughs> but uh, Kevin McLeod at the Tower of Babel. There you go. That yeah. writes itself. There you, you go. Know what I mean, you can say yeah, you have yeah. a clack. Write that up. Clickety clack. He can say you have a building manager. That's something he says a lot, and that'll get a laugh. And you're going to self manage this, are you? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's three jokes. That's all you need. So so anyway, that 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 happens. That they, they're spending. They want to spend. You know, half a million pounds. They're ending up spending. Mil- they have to two million at some point. At this. Oh point. yeah, they always go over two. That's you the, know, that's they're, the greatest they're, thing. There's COVID shut down the building site. Yeah. This guy's having the worst day of his life. And I did. I, real- I did sort of reach this for. The ether hing that it floods mm. with poo, but like mm. I swear I've seen like six episodes where the building oh, floods with poo. Like, yeah, it is like there's a, they don't realize there's like a a, um, a septic tank. Something about the right horrible the ground in England. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't know these woods you're constructing are infested with pedophiles. <laughs> That's, the, that's a lot of people won't spend the money they need to on the pedophile fence when they're when, <laughs> yeah, when they're building in rural England. Oh, speaking of, I've got a fucking cracking story to get back to in a second. Uh, but, I want to um, know how pedophile fence <laughs> made you remind, remember what that was so badly. Okay. So, um, anyway, I, the, the thing I was going to get into yeah. before was just that um, they, they've had the worst day of their lives and they're sitting there looking over the plans and everyone's really stressed. And then Kevin McLeod just goes, well, you haven't really thought of where you're going to put the bins, have you? And then <laughs> <laughs> the wife starts to tear up and you're like, oh, this fucking guy, this fucking guy. Anyway, um, sorry, just to quickly that story. I uh, have taken some time off radio now because we're making the uh, the game show um, yeah. uh, uh, Letters and Numbers right now, a couple of seasons more of that. Um, and yesterday. Still uh, not neither Jack nor. No, Jack has gone on it, hasn't he? Uh, ja- no, Jack no, hasn't no. and you haven't. Yes, um, that's interesting. Yeah, what well, do you I don't take, get to cast what you, it. What do you take from that, Jack? 
Um, I mean, a huge level of personal disrespect, obviously. Yeah. But, maybe maybe um, this is what finally makes us bury the hatchet and join yeah. forces to destroy Michael Hing. Well, hang on, I don't think we should. Yeah, <laughs> <Let's not. laughs> um, yeah consider consider it buried. Let's do this. Um, well, anyway, yesterday we were shooting an episode with um, Luke McGregor, who's a really obviously very wonderful and funny comedian. Mm-hmm. And um, Unlike we, me and Jack, it seems. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's pretty successful. Anyway, so we had him on the show and we were doing this bit with him where uh, we just started, he's just like getting to know them and talking about whatever. And about, I don't know, probably six months ago or something, Luke posted this thing on his Instagram, which was someone was in a um, like a – museum or something or a, I don't know, a cathedral or some shit in Rome or in the Vatican or something, somewhere in Italy. And they walk past a bust of some sort of Roman senator or something. And it looked like, it looked uncannily like Luke McGregor. Oh, I think so I saw a, him post this. Yeah. yeah. So he took a photo of it and put it online and everyone had a good, and then, and then they said, sorry, he put a, took a photo of it, sent it to Luke. Luke put it online with a photo of him next to it. It was a kind of a funny bit. Right. And so yesterday when we were shooting this scene, uh, sorry, let's see this game with Luke, we were kind of chatting about it and then he kind of made a funny joke about how he wished that um, uh, they, because they don't know who it was. He, he called the museum and was like, who is this? And they're like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so Luke, he was saying, like, my mind obviously goes to the worst possible thing, <laughs> sure. which is that this this guy's some horrible murderer or something and they've just built a statue to warn everyone <laughs> yeah. to do that. And I, and I uh-huh. just kind of in showbiz mode trying to keep the riff going. And at this point, I think I've recorded, this is the third episode I've recorded the day. I've been out on set since like seven in the morning. My brain is just like mush at this point. I, in front of a studio audience and everyone, thinking this would get a funny laugh, was like, yeah, imagine if, like, you were just the doppelganger for an ancient Roman pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) And the silence, Ben and Jack. The silence in the studio. I I have... Yeah, that's how you describe showbiz mode, is just (laughs) screaming about pedophiles. (laughs) (laughs) I have discovered in a similar situation, Michael, maybe it's because you and I, you know did our very formative years of comedy together that, that when mm. I am in showbiz mode and a riff <laughs> is just going, uh, that is, that is somewhere that I tend to end up. It and just, can I tell you, can I tell you good. that, uh, that, that the phrase, what about pedophile is what we call in the riff zone journey's end. That tends, yeah. to, be, that tends to be where people get off the, the, the riff, the riff train express. Gosh, cause it's not very funny. And it's, and it's only, fu- it's only funny in the context of like, your friends and you you all know that the thing you're saying is the horrible thing that you shouldn't say. But when you there's sort of like lights and yeah. a, st- a stage and, and cameras <laughs> on you and stuff, a lot of that irony sort of melts away, doesn't it? I don't think I've actually told this story in the podcast before, but my, my version of that was when I was doing warm-up years ago. Have you ever done one-up warm-up, Jack? Uh, I did it a couple times, um, very badly, but yeah, yeah. I don't think you can do it well. Not, sorry. That's don't, I don't mean you personally. <laughs> oh, the feud's back on. Oh boy. Um, I'm digging up that hatchet. Um, but I think it's like a job where like, if you, if you do the best you possibly can, you leave with people just only slightly irritated at you. Yeah. Um, yeah it's hard. It's very especially hard. if it's like a long record, but I was doing one for, uh, an ABC game show. This was like maybe eight, nine years ago. And it was a game show about words. So not dissimilar to letters and numbers, in fact, Michael, um, mm. but not similar in any other way other than that there's kind of language there. Uh, I don't know why I'm dancing around this. It was Randling. It was Andrew Denton's <laughs> show. Um, and I was doing warm-up for them and because we were shooting two apps a day and because, like, Michael, you probably uh, had to deal with this, like, nobody is available during the day for a, <gasps> for a studio shoot. Like, <gasps> people have jobs and lives and children. Yeah, like, yeah they've got better things to be doing. So we would, like, bus in retirement like from retirement villages to be our daytime audience. Uh, and they are not allowed people, the elderly. No, um, no. They're, they're very quiet. Yeah. They got all their shouting done in like the eighties and nineties <laughs> and most of the laughter too. So like, well, the human body only has a limited amount of shouts like, over the course exactly. of a lifetime. So it's like how, it's like how people are, women are born with like the, 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 the amount of eggs they're going to have. Mm. Uh, it's the same with laughter. And, yes. uh, and so like warming up that crowd was, was reasonably thankless, but I, I sort of started with this, the, the thing with the same question every time, which is like, well, this job at words, anybody have a favorite word? And that was like, great. Cause old people love talking about their favorite words. I don't know why, but they do. Um, and then there was this one guy who was like, 
after I'd done this for about a week and it would had always work. This one guy, I just picked him in the front row and I was like, you got a favorite word, pal? And he was like, no. And I was like, that's all right. <laughs> it, really? You, do, you have, do you have a least favorite word? And he was like, I believe all words are equal. And Hing, in the razzle-dazzle of showbiz and the lights <laughs> and the cameras, I think you see where this is going. I was like, really, pal? Even pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar reaction. Very similar. <laughs> um, and um, did, he, did he admit that he didn't love the word pedophile? Well, the thing is, Michael, he-, he, he really did. As soon as the word was out of my mouth, and I know pedophiles are, are, are unique uh, and beautiful snowflakes in their own right. Uh, he really did, and they don't all look the same. He really did look like a fucking central casting pedophile. Well, that's um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you basically even pedophile and pointed to him, and then and he was he, on all the screens, yeah. and it yeah, was no good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Jack, I reckon. Uh, I reckon those people who didn't immediately Google the name and time and location of your show may have forgotten it. So could you remind us for when your taping is? And how Absolutely. people can get their little grubby mitts on some ticky dickies. Um, if you if your grubby little mitts are in Melbourne, uh, it's uh, June 29th at Comedy Republic, which is just in the city on Burke Street. It's a really good uh, comedy uh, club venue. Yeah, um, it's the best. And, um, yeah, it's yeah, I've real, done shows there before. It's it's a real fun night out. Um, obviously, Jack is one of the greats. Um, although I will say, Jack, I just Googled Comedy Republic, Jack Drews, and nothing came up. That's so troubling. Maybe we haven't had a to- Jack Drews in these parts for nine <laughs> yeah. or 30 years. Maybe people should go to your uh, Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Jack Drews. That's J-A-C-K-D-R-U-C-E. And you can see- uh, And I'll put a, I'll put a link in the, in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that'd be great. I, I believe it is on sale, but I don't know how, I don't know what Google's doing. <laughs> um, Michael, can uh, people, do, can people come see letters and numbers and do you require them to? Oh, by the time this comes out, I think all the tickets are all sold out now, wow. I think. Um, but if you are in Sydney and would like to come during the week, uh, this next coming week, I guess, from Monday the or 30, uh, yeah, whatever, 29th or 30th, whatever that is, the Monday the 30th onwards. Um, although no, from Wednesday, the first onwards for the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this week, uh, just DM me on Instagram or something. I'll see if I can get you in. Cool. Um, and I want to yeah. say a, a big thank you to all our Patreon supporters. You guys are really amazing and letting us do this, uh, for virtually no gain on your part, other than potentially a, a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm. Um, oh, although- also, actually we are currently running low on classifieds as we, you know, kind of occasionally are. <laughs> as you can probably tell by the fact that we didn't read a single one this episode. But- if you find any classifieds you want us to um, go through, um, email us. Uh, no, you can't email them to us. Our email address doesn't work anymore. How can they? Facebook Messenger is probably the best way to send it to us. Um, uh, free to get home on Facebook or in the Discord or in the Facebook group. Excellent. Well, until next time, guys. Thank you so much for coming, Jack. Thank you. Bye. 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 If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have half a brain If you like making love at midnight In the dunes of the cape And I'm the love that you've looked for Write to me and escape Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.